G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Vision 180. Live different. Different. Well, joining me back on tonight's show is one of my favourite regular guests, John Mackay from Creation Research. Hello, John. How are you? G'day, g'day, g'day. And it's good to be back again. Yeah, so good to have you back. And you brought with you some show and tell as always. So I tell did. us, uh, I mean, well, firstly, tell us what you've been up to recently. Where have you well, been? Well, I just always got back from the UK and, and uh, young mm-hmm. Joseph and I, we had Joseph in here last year. He's now finished his university studies and joined Creation Research full time. We've been doing nine weeks training, preaching, teaching, digging dinosaurs, wow, that's um, cool. running homeschool events, uh, talking to churches, schools, etc. So that's yeah. what we've been doing. And you're heading off to America recently, I hear as yes, well. Yes, we'll up to, uh... catch up with Joseph over there again and oh, cool. uh, give him a couple of weeks of instruction with Americans who can't at all like that, you know. <laughs> um, there's that's awesome. different versions of English and he needs a bit of experience in all of them. So mm. that's what we're doing, a bit more training. Yeah, that'll be interesting. That's cool. Well, uh, I love that you always bring some show and tell with you and normally it's uh, dinosaur bones or fossils but tonight you've bought something a little bit different with you which uh, unfortunately pricked you in the eye. I'm what have you bought? So, yes but it made a good point didn't it? <laughs> it did. Um, so anyway these are all members of the pineapple family. See a little wild pineapple? Mm, cute that's cool. Bring it up close. That is very cute. But if you I'm actually, filming it for yeah, Facebook Yeah you are Instagram. that's fine but if you actually touch the edges it's spiny. But you see, there's one of our variegated pineapple plants. And we've been working very hard with pineapples to try and get rid of the thorns because they're small, but they're razor sharp. Mm. When you run your hand this way, no trouble. When you run your hand that way, man, you get prickles everywhere. But of course, this is a bit pretty. It's got yellow stripes on it. Look at look at those wow. spines, right? Now, <laughs> cool. I grow all of these, particularly at Jurassic Ark. So I go to creationresearch.net and click on museums, click on Jurassic Ark. And we use them to show the kids, hey, when God made the world, these thorns were not created as nasty things. Everything was very good. Mm. And then when sin came in, God said the ground will bring forth thorns. He didn't say, I'm going to make a new creation. He said the plants, the ground will actually bring forth thorns itself. Mm -hmm. And we need to make a very important point of that just right at the end. We live in a fallen, spiny world. Mm. You can get these thorns and you get sick, right? You can get infected, etc. You see, sin brought thorns onto the planet. And what did Jesus have on his head when he died on the cross? Thorns. Thorns. Deliberately to show, hey guys, I'm dealing with a problem Adam brought in. He just didn't bring sin, a moral issue. He brought death, so I'm dying, and he brought death and thorns. So look what's on my head. I'm dealing with Genesis chapter 3. So all you young people out there, don't think you can ignore Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3. It's key to John chapter 1, 2, and 3. Right? Wow, so therefore, make cool. the connection. Don't drop the dots. Genesis 1 and 2, a good God made a good man. Genesis 3, we blew it. Mm-hmm. John 1 and 2, a good God became a good man. John chapter 3, he died with thorns on his head to show us that there was a way out of the sin that Adam brought onto the planet. Mm-hmm. Join the dots. You can't 
can't get rid of them. Don't be fooled by evolutionists who say, oh, we don't have to believe in creation. Yes, you do, because you have to believe in the creator who is Jesus Christ, who made these plants very good in the first place. Vision 180. Evenings with Alex. So the drought obviously is happening at the moment and it's horrible. We've been praying for 31 mm-hmm. days at the moment yep. to, to help right. break the drought. Right. What's your thoughts as a creation person? And okay. Two yep. things. If you look at the history of things called drought, there was no drought in the beginning because God said to Adam, there's no rain. I mean, Genesis chapter 2, verse 5 and 6, there was no rain, but a mist rose up every day and watered the surface of the earth. Now, if you had politicians mm. who promised to give a mist over Queensland every day, they would be elected, right? Because <laughs> this is what farmers need. Yeah. Rain is one source of water, but we need to remember when rain came in. God said to Noah, man has sinned. I'm going to destroy the world. It will rain. Now, Noah was certainly a man of faith because it hadn't rained before. And Noah should have said, what's that? You know, <laughs> it had never rained. A mist rose up. He knew what water was. But he never knew what rain. But he said, if God says it's a problem, it's a problem. And he said, build a boat. I'm going to build a boat. <clears throat> but the first rain was a judgment. Right. And keep that in mind. Uh, that's why we sometimes see rain destroying things. Right. Too much rain erodes. It ruins farms. It drowns crops, etc. You come after Noah's flood. And God says to Noah in chapter 8 and verse 22, from now till the end of the world, they'll be hot, they'll be cold, they'll be winter, they'll be summer, they'll be seed time, they'll be harvest. Mm. In other words, Noah, it's not going to be easy. The climate is going to change. It's going to go up, it's going to go down, and then we mustn't miss the last little tag until the end of the world, mm. right? The most accurate long-term weather forecast in the whole of history. Up, <laughs> down, up, down, up, down, right? Yeah. And so you find at various times through history, we've seen long droughts. Other times we've seen short droughts. Other places don't seem to have droughts at all. It just rains all the time. I've just come back from one place there. It's called England, right? Mm. If it doesn't rain for three weeks there, they think they've got a drought. Yeah, uh, right. And <laughs> I say, well, in Australia, if it doesn't rain for three years, we start thinking about a drought. Mm. Um, there's a spiritual problem in Australia, and that is we need to remember that, that famous prophet Elijah, which is recorded in James, where it says, Elijah was a righteous man, and when he prayed, it didn't rain for three years and six months. Mm. Now, that's a drought. And then it says he prayed again and it rained straight away. We need Elijahs, Mm. men of God, men of faith, uh, women of God, women of faith who say, Lord, you are in charge of the climate, not carbon taxes. You're in charge of the climate, not the Annapalachee government, right? You're in charge and we ask you and we ask you to bless us. Mm. But, of course, Elijah was also noted for... Okay, you want rain? I'm going to pray for a drought because you're sinful people. And Mm. we need to sometimes, as I've shared so often, it doesn't make me all that popular when people say, oh, pray for rain, we're in the middle of a drought. And my thought is, perhaps I should pray for more drought till we stop killing babies in Queensland, Mm. right? Because God is is abhorrent to the fact that we want to murder more people than Adolf Hitler ever did, right? Mm. And and we think we can get away with it. And God says, sorry, until you repent, I'm going to actually bring you down. Mm. So God is behind all of this as well. We need to remember the same God who blesses us with rain is the God who blesses us with drought. Vision 180. Evenings with Alex. 
there's been lots of extreme conditions on our planet, as you mm-hmm. know, and one of them is the Ice Age. So as a Christian, I've never been able to understand where the Ice Age fits in. Was it before the dinosaurs, after the dinosaurs, and all the different animals that were part of the Ice Age that they mm-hmm. believe, the big mm-hmm. mammoths and yep. things and yep. sloths, and mm-hmm. I'm sure you've seen the Ice Age movies as well. So uh, <laughs> I, I deliberately watch Very all those confusing. educational movies. <laughs> so tell us, what, what are your thoughts on the Ice Age? Where does that fit into the Bible? And Okay, yeah. just okay. a bit of um, cultural background. Some people know I did several DVD um, documentaries on the origin of the races, the history of man. They are available from creationresearch.net, click on shop, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically as part of that, I went around the globe interviewing natives and their traditions about creation, the flood, etc. Ah, cool. And what I found really interesting is that everybody has a version of a creation story. Mm. Most people have a version of a flood story, and many have one that's got a big boat with just eight people and animals on it, right? Wow, uh, that's Even cool. though it's just verbally recorded and pretty, pretty low-key, but in reality they've got those. Some have got a Tower of Babel-type story. Really? Not, not one of them has a story of when the ice came. Okay. Not one of them, right? They have stories about ice. So if you come to Alaska with me, I've fallen through the ice in Alaska. I don't want to do it again. It's unbelievably <laughs> so it's cold, like, right? After you um, pricked yourself this morning, yeah, I feel like right. it's a that's prone right. to accidents. <laughs> <laughs> well, given, given my age, I'm entitled to a few of them. Yeah. But sure. in reality, they the ice was there when they first came. Right, mm. They don't have a story about where it came from. They came when the ice was there because it lowered the water and they could walk across from the Russian area. And the interesting thing about the ice, it was only ever in the southern half of Alaska where much of it still is. Mm. There's never been any ice in the northern half. There never was any ice in Siberia. There's just cold. So cold and ice don't necessarily go together. Ice is one thing, and it's been right across Canada. When people say, what about the ice age? I say, come and see it with me now. It's still there in Canada. No need for bed socks till after Noah's Day because that's when cold is first coming on the planet. You have an even climate up till Noah. It's one reason people live to be over 900. Mm. It's one reason animals like crocodiles would have been huge because they keep growing as long as they live. The dinosaurs would have been monsters, right? Mm. But the environment was pretty good. Even though sin came in and morality declined, the environment didn't. Noah's flood comes on and then you get winter. Ah, winter. Winter in Australia is delightful compared to winter in Alaska. Take my word for it, right? Uh, <laughs> 20, 23 and a half hours of darkness and freezing everywhere. That's not what I like as winter. Mm. In Australia, it's just... I like a denim jacket yeah, kind of winter. That's right. Me too, right? <laughs> well, you can tell the Victorians in Queensland winter because they're the ones in the surf. Yeah. Uh, we think it's freezing. But in reality, our winter is mild. So when you have a look, for the first time, winter comes on the planet after Noah's day. But ice is still not mentioned for several hundred years. So you find the book of Job, Job lived after Babel, you find ice appears on the planet. And we know that because God says to Job, okay, you're a pretty good bloke, but you're proud of being pretty good. You're a patient bloke, but you're proud of this. Let's humble you a bit, Job. Uh, Answer me a few questions. And one of them is, where did the ice come from? Yeah. Where was the ice born from? Now, the structure of the question is fascinating because A, it tells you Job knew what ice was. 
because a question about something you don't know is not a fair question and God is always just in his questions. Oh, Job, where'd the ice come from? Where was it born from? And mm-hmm. so what you find is it didn't take a million years. It occurred in Job's lifetime. Job didn't have a clue what the answer was. That's the purpose. All right, Lord, I, I admit it. You are God. I don't even know these simple things because God's point was you can't answer these simple questions. You'll okay. never understand why I'm sending this evil upon you, right? Mm-hmm. And so... So there's, cool. a, there's a big picture, and God is the one who knows where the ice came from and is also the one who can give us the climate we need. And for our farmers at the moment, we need, first of all, to acknowledge who sends the climate, and it isn't the federal government. Vision 180 with Alex. Interesting article that I read the other day that they believe they've found what they called in air quotes, Noah's Ark Graveyard. Mm-hmm. So can you, did you read that? Yes, I did. And what it you... uh, occurred, popped up as I was sort of flying back from the UK. Okay, and, cool. And uh, I got sent a link by uh, one of my relatives, right? Oh, and, yeah. And uh, they wanted to know what, the same question you've asked, mm. right? You do a little bit of re- research and you find these shipwrecks, which is what they're calling, are actually Greek. So they're no more than 3,000 years old. So they're definitely post-Noah's flood. But oh. that was just used as a link to get in to say, well, people think the Dead Sea was produced by Noah's flood. And when the Mediterranean broke into the Dead yeah. Sea, that flooded the whole region. See, there's a house off the north coast of Turkey. It's 20 metres below the water. This is what drowned. This is what gave rise to the myth of mm. Noah's flood. Right? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's where they were going. Finding the shipwrecks has absolutely nothing to do with Noah's flood. <laughs> it's got to do with the name of the sea. Okay. Right. Uh, the Black Sea. Right. Why is it called the Black Sea? The water isn't black. But what you'll find is the weather. Even if you read the ancient Greek Strabo, who I looked up, right, you will find the weather has been notoriously unpredictable. So in his day, it was the unpredictable sea. Mm. Unpredictable. You can sail where you want, but you may end up on the bottom. <laughs> right. And so many of these shipwrecks. Get washed into this one location, and that's that's what's been discovered. Okay. They use that as a launching point to really attack Click the bait. biblical no flood, yeah. right? Because <laughs> Noah, if you read Genesis chapter seven, uh, what is it, verse eleven? And in the six hundredth year, in the second month, on the seventh day of the month, the heavens broke open. It rained for forty days and forty nights. Jump down a couple of verses until all the highest hills under the whole heaven were covered. Mm. Now, it's certainly true, the Black Sea is a big sea, but it doesn't cover and never has covered the whole of planet Earth. So any flooding, any catastrophe in the Black Sea has nothing to do with Noah's flood because it's something that happened after Noah's flood. Well, thank you so much for being part of the show. Uh, That's all we have time for, John, but thank you so much for coming in again. It's always great to see you and all the best for this week. See you on creationresearch.net. Yep. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.